0: Welcome back to Vignettes, a podcast by the Emerging Writers Festival. My name is Ruby, and I'm the artistic director at EWF. I'm coming to you from the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Through season one, we loved bringing readings directly to you from some of our favourite writers, and we're excited to do it again in season two. This time around, we'll have five new episodes to carry you through leafy autumn. For this first episode, we asked Nadi Simpson and Aisha Trambus to respond to the theme of fungi. Fungi are some of the largest and some of the most microscopic living organisms on Earth. The world just wouldn't work without them. So we asked three writers to reflect on fungi, the way they connect, live and give life, and the way that they organise and sustain themselves in order to sustain others. We're excited to share these reflections of connection, community and weaving with you
1: Starting with Nadi Simpson. My name is Nadi Simpson. I'm a Uwalarai Waringa, Biwi Dinga, a Uwalarai woman, Sango and a totem from northwest New South Wales. I'm sitting in my home in Petersham, uh, a stone's throw away from Petersham train station, but also in the branches and t- treetops of a second floor unit, with two big Sydney bluegums at the front of our unit. The poem I'm about to read is called Dirt. And I wrote it as a response to the invitation to contribute, but also in the knowledge that my father and his family, who were born on the banks of the river, Namoi River in Walgett, used to eat dirt. And I wondered what that was like and what that was for and what that did for someone from that place. So anyway, here it is. Dirt. I eat dirt. It tastes like clay pan and agate and salt bush and sand and the speed of Galimingar's legs. Momentum is stalled. So I become it. I eat dirt. It tastes like drought and carcass and burrs and sweat and the lines of Bawanga's canvas. Composition is disrupted. So I become it. I eat dirt. It tastes like cloud and sunrise and sinew and heartbeat and the cry of Nanuaiji's first breath. Snot flows, so I become it. I eat dirt, it smells like meat, and flood and laughter and soaring birds, and the panic of Dada's final breath. Memory dissolves, so I become it. I eat dirt, it tastes like sap and fights and thoughts and sleep and Mie's crippling shame. Dignity retreats, so I become it. I eat dirt, it tastes like bark and lizards and yams and frost and Bire's broadening profile Prejudice fizzes, so I become it. I eat dirt, it tastes like charcoal, and spiders, and leaving, and skins, and the sting of Wambania's bald fist. Hurt radiates, so I become it. I eat dirt, it tastes like fences. I eat dirt. It tastes like blood and spears and wrinkles and teeth and hatred in the eyes. Tears coagulate. So I become them. I eat dirt. It smells like rain and stones and shells and string bags and the moons of Bawa's nails. I lick her skin so to become it. I eat dirt. It tastes like stars and paddocks and clods and ant beds and the clapping of Walgan's hands. Rhythms pulsate, so I become it. I eat dirt. It tastes like feathers and flowers and fruit and mud and the slow fading of Garu's worth Ambition declines, so I become it. I eat dirt, it tastes like healing, and middens, and smoke, and song, and disremembered words of Bagi's tongue. Silence suffocates, so I become it. I eat dirt, it tastes like giving and bones, and tears, and afterbirth, and the flaked skin of Da Da's heels. I swallow his tracks and become it. I eat dirt, it tastes like home.
0: Thank you so much, Nadi. Finally, we'll hear from Aisha Trambus. Who helped pull the threads of this theme together way back when vignettes were still a tiny itch of
2: concept. Hi, my name is Aisha, and my work bio says that I'm an emerging Afro-Greek arts worker and artist. I can't even say that. But really, I'm just out here existing, okay? Um, I'm really blessed to live on Orange and Bunarong Lands near the Marabinong River where I'm recording this now. And where sovereignty has never, ever been ceded. This is a preamble followed by a poem. Network. As an introvert, this word spoken as a verb, like let's network, is usually enough to repulse me in any like social or pseudo professional context. But the term has become fresh for me because... I'm learning more about mycelium in the last few months. Okay, let me back up. So deep in one of 2020's troughs, I stumbled across an article slash manifesto slash framework written by an Anakata Black Afro-Anarchist collective based in internal Island um, that was titled Move Like My Corazé. Some suggestions for praxis. And the piece outlined how this collective of organisers were using the structure and qualities of mycelial networks to inform their liberation work. I had to do a lot of Googles and reading to catch up because I didn't previously, like I just didn't understand what mycelium or mycorrhizae really are and I'll give you a little summary so you don't have to do any googles if you were like if you are like me at this point. Um, mycelium are the vegetative parts of a fungus, as opposed to the the part of the fungus that fruits the spores, and that's like what we usually notice as mushrooms. But I also learned that not even all types of fungi produce mushrooms, but they are still defined by their mycelium. And then mycorrhizae, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly or not. Mycorrhizae is a symbiotic relationship that a fungus and a plant can form together. And my current understanding is that almost just most plants, I think it's like 90% of plants in the world rely on a mycorrhizal connection with fungi to survive and thrive. And that these labyrinthine connections, whether it's mycelium on their own or connected through mycorrhizae to other plants, can be enormous, like are enormous, like kilometres and kilometres wide. And the model of agency that this piece proposed, like autonomy, autonomy, That's inseparable from collectivity and the way this piece unified spiritual and material work was really exciting to me. And I even bought this book by a biologist called Entangled Lives um, to learn more about fungi and their relationships recently. I still understand very, very little about biology or mycology specifically, but I do know how on the best days you'll feel sublimely and intimately connected with everything alive And on the worst lying days, so punishingly, incalculably, and fictitiously alone, I know that I've been caught softly by some nets, ensnared in others, that the net that has scooped me up and brought me this far still needs a lot of repair, that you can unravel it to see how I was made. I know that fungi have demonstrated the structure required the mutual benefit possible, and the persistence of parasites even in the holiest soil. I know that my mother and her friends took me camping at the Blue Tear as a young child, and that one of the people there was an artist who was there to trace the clouds and the lichen, which I also just learned that lichen are another symbiosis between fungi and algae this time, like a kind of hybrid organism. I don't know if the artist will ever hear this, but I remember the way that his canvases seemed so enormous to me as a child as they unfurled flat on the earth for painting. I could smell the fresh and living ground. I thought that the place was called the blue tear, as in crying tears, and I'm still crying over that because it's absolutely not. Um, and I'm different shades of resentful when white men expose me to black things of interest and importance more Googles trying to find images of this painter's lichen studies to, like, verify my memory. And I stumble across these stunning poems by First Nations poet of Lutruwita, a.k.a. Tazi, Liam Minamana, or Jim Everett, who published through a collaboration with the artist called Mina Matter Water Country Discussion. And in Entangled Lives, back to the fungi book, the author Merlin Sheldrake references some random white man's recordings of women in a mushroom gathering ceremony in the Central African Republic. And this is of interest to me, because this is my father's country, not his specific people, but his country. And I'm astonished because it's so beyond rare for me personally to hear any Anglos or really any person like just anyone <laughs> um, refer to the Central African Republic and. Um, Even a lot of East, West and South Africans that I met here will look at you sideways as if you literally just made up another name for like either of the Congos. And you're just really confused when you say Central African Republic, except neighboring countries that also have Francophone colonizers. Anyway, I'm trying to find the track, which I do, but along my journey of searching for it, I come across it recommended a second time by a British musician called Cosmo Sheldrake, which I just like immediately make up a story in my mind that that has to be a stage name for this mycologist, this author, Merlin Sheldrake's like music career. But it turns out to actually just be his genuine sibling. And I'm thinking, what in the Fairly Odd Parents, Cosmo and Merlin, that's such a bold, whimsical move as parents. It's giving me... It's giving me Camelot. It's giving me a lot. Anyway, I digress. I find the recording and it is unspeakably ethereal and transcendent to me. Like Puralia Minamata's poetry, it holds this shivering divinity of ancestral connection to land. I know that forests are the first and only true cathedrals that their flaws are embedded with the blackest histories, that the fungi have eaten our dead and they're dead and they're dead and made them available to life again. I know that I'm writing this in the dark, as it should be. Net, work, woven, weaving, broken, breathing, weft and warping, sacred, I am underneath you, in stillness and silt, before you, after you, and in you. I am between you, connecting, your rootscape in folds and frills. The prayer of this poem is that we could connect, fuse even, slice confusion to recognize it only reflects how deeply and disorderly tangled we became, together with the temporal, the physical, the unseen, Net. Work. What is the state of your net? Does it need some tending to? It's knots and fusions, collective delusions. Is it large enough to envelop your most expansive joy? Is it wide enough to embrace your furthest living relative? Imagine us, fishes of men, minus the oppressive indoctrination with surplus redemption for all. What's the state of your net? Does it require a code to enter? Is that one written or lived? The purpose of this poem is to honor the mycelium, to let them edify me. Some people cultivate different plants like mushrooms or monstera siltipicanas. The proposal of this poem is that the mushrooms might cultivate me. Net work. Spore into me as I spore into you, we're all propagating something. Send a signal from anywhere and be heard. No such thing as the singular. But what if the underground were singing us together? We can be a swarming mass or a militant grid. Plenty of room for polyphony. Cannot our steps sound stampedes? Do not our cries copy a sobbing wind? Net. Work. No body is expendable. No body is extricable. Pass it on scale down to scale up, each one reach one, work the net, it's worth the work, speaking of net not net worth. Pass it on. The purpose of the prayer of this poem is to appraise the underground where we came to return. The great loop Ouroboros makes, the wide net will never evade, where our predecessors lay, where the criminalized trade, where freedom armies congregate, where what's dead is remade. Who knows the shape of God's hands? They are not like any fathers, huge, calloused, absent or present, violent or tender, who's to say they are not cells, Net, work, woven, weaving, broken breathing, weft and warping, sacred. Spore into me as I spore into you, we are all propagating something.
0: That was Aisha Trambus, and at the beginning, Nadi Simpson. Thank you so much for listening to Vignettes, the EWF podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please drop us a review, recommend us to your friends, and hit subscribe. And of course, stay with us as we bring you a breezy autumnal vibe with more readings over the next few weeks. This podcast was produced by EWF program coordinator Millie Bayliss. Our audio producer is John Chia and our theme music was created by Two Care. You can find out more about the team behind this podcast and the artists featured in this episode on the EWF website. This podcast was created and edited on the lands of the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation. We acknowledge that First Nations peoples are the first storytellers of this land and that their sovereignty has never been ceded. We pay our respects to elders past and present and to the Elders of the lands that this podcast reaches. It always was, always will be Aboriginal land.